Hi. Today we're live from the Annex Salad Club with Justin Adam, Principal Art Director uh, at Miniature Massive. Hi, Justin. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing fine. Um, so, professional baseball player turned marketing guru. Um, tell me, how did that transition go? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we've only got 10 minutes. I, I'm going to give you the Coles notes. You know, it's uh, when I was, uh, I was a ball player at a young age, I got drafted out of high school. So there was an advantage to that. I started early and uh, I, I came across, you know, I sort of had some difficulty in that I had a couple of difficult injuries, which brought, you know, sort of brought me down, brought my performance level down. Beyond that, it kind of uh, it started to play with my mental you know, sort of psychology where I started to think, well, you know, I use my body as my sort of my tool. And then I decided, well, let's, uh, let's back this up and you start using my mind as well. So luckily, uh, when I signed for the, I played for the Kansas City Royals. And when I signed, I got uh, money to go to school. Uh, so I used that money at my mother's, um, you know, guidance. She, she told me, look, put some of that money towards school. So I did. I went to university and I, I uh, got my degree in the arts. I'd always been interested in the arts, but uh, you know, I sort of got a second, ch second career, uh, second chance. And uh, from that point, I moved out to Vancouver to study film. And I actually cut my teeth in film. So that's where I first got excited about, well, it was, it was everything about you know, sort of visual communication. Uh, it was communication, it was, it was the internet was in its infancy. Filmmaking was starting to land on your desktop, so all of a sudden you could come up with a film idea and produce it on you know, a laptop or a desktop. So this was an exciting time. So I, that's when I really got into, into it. I started getting into advertising at that point. Um, so that was uh, in, in just at the, it's about 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. I got drafted as a ball player in 90, 92. Okay. Yeah. So um, how long have you been in the marketing game then? Uh, so I would say it was kind of a gray area, but I would say at about the 2002, 2003 uh, time period. Uh, I got a job, actually got a job in Vancouver, really interesting job. Um, after I was working for a place called the Alibi Room. If you're if you're familiar with Vancouver, you'll, Alibi Room was an institution. It was a night sort of spot. It was a restaurant, but more than that, it was like a community of people. A lot of people in the arts and film. And music industry so I, I was working for them promoting their place uh, frankly that was my first job in advertising was I was promoting them and through that um, there was a there was a guy who kind of he's become the king of gas down the columns name's Sean Heather uh, Sean uh, saw me in a cafe one day and he, re he remembered some work that I had done um, and he said you know Justin I've got a really interesting project I think you might like um, let's let's sit down for over a coffee and discuss it, right? So at the time he had the Irish Heather, which yes. was I think the only thing he had at the time. But it's it's an institution in Gastown, it's a Irish pub. Yeah. So he he sat down with me. He said, "I'm uh, I'm partnering with a friend. His name was uh, Scott Hawthorne, and we're going to open a restaurant in the alleyway in Blood Alley." So Blood Alley was known for where they used to slaughter pigs back in the day. Right. right? So it, was, it had a, this connotation. Then, you know, the, the you know the sort of the drug addicts and crackheads got in there. And, and I thought to myself, man, this is the craziest idea. You know, it sounds really bizarre. I'm going to open a wine bar in this back Blood Alley, which had a notoriety. And I, and I said, I, I love it. I'm on. So 
yeah, I started working on that and I, I did the identity for what's now become Salt Tasting Room. And Salt has now become also an institution in Gastown. Uh, and, and since, you know, not to say it was because of me, but, you know, I sort of helped uh, him create his enterprise in Gastown. Uh, and that was my very first thing. And then I came to Toronto and I landed at the Drake Hotel and an opportunities uh, to do their uh, design and uh, art direction. Uh, and the chef at the time, his name's Anthony Rose. Yes. Uh, some people might know Anthony in town. He knew the brand that I created for Salt. He knew the project, uh, and he was very excited that you know he, he you know to have met me. And then we started working together. Uh, he got hired, and then we worked. I worked at the Drake. Um, so that was where I started in Toronto. Was okay. at the Drake Hotel. So, how did all this evolve into Miniature Massive? Uh, so I met uh, in Vancouver. I met my my wife Annie Castillo, who's an illustrator, uh, really well known uh, illustrator from Mexico. Uh, and I I met her right around the time. This is shortly after you know Salt had happened, and it was uh, you know it's sort of a bit of a transition time in my life. And her and I met, and we started doing work together, um, and we co you know, sort of combined forces. Uh, sort of, I was you know kind of you know the art direction and, and design and. And he did uh, the illustration and a lot of personality and copy and so, and so on. So we started working together indirectly and through a few projects, we started to build, you know, a bit, you know, a bit of a, like, not to say a following, but people recognize the work. So we decided, okay, let's take this venture and let's, let's, uh, let's take our combined forces and turn it into uh, a firm and start a, we basically, you know, wanted to do communications that was bold, that was modern, and that was striving towards a positive outcome. Whereas we're not just trying to sell widgets, we're actually trying to make sort of a change and, and change people's thinking and make people think about um, just, you know, interaction and social interaction and, and commerce in a, in a bit of a different way. Uh, so commerce with a conscience. And uh, so we, we delved into that and we immediately we, uh, we got a number of interesting projects right out of the gates and uh, it started to build fairly quickly. Um, and now we've been a company for five years, just, just about. Oh, that's great. Yeah. The, the, so uh, I noticed on your website you had a sort of like vision statement as a global open source model with a you know free of four walls. Yeah. Did you the, make it? I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that because I think that's the kind of the core concept of the company that makes it different, but also what I think makes it a sustainable model for the future. Um, the when Annie and I met, we met actually remotely. She was living in Mexico, and she was on her laptop that her dad had bought her. And ironically enough, I was on my laptop that my dad bought me as a, as a gift. And we, we communicated that way. We were in separate geographic locations, but we were connected just through the device. And that brought us, actually eventually brought us together. And then that kind of remote, mobile kind of way of working uh, was something that we always kind of um, would, uh, would explore. And the, all the people that we met throughout the, uh, the time that we worked together was kind of, that was the core of what really mattered. It was, it didn't have, have so much to do with where you were, you know, if you were in a specific room, it was more the people that you're surrounded by. And the device was just 
the, the, the sort of tool for communication. So I thought to myself, well, you know, miniature massive doesn't necessarily have to be a specific geographical location. It doesn't necessarily have to be an address. It can be people uh, with ideas who are strong people with strong ideas and, and strong will working together to a common end. And so I thought, you know, one day it could be we could have people at all, all corners of the earth working. Um, you know, sort of a, for a virtual, you know, concept and, and for the same end, and and it's it has uh, it has kind of manifested into that. Uh, a recent project we did, we had a we had an artist in Mexico, we had an artist here in Toronto, we had one in out in Vancouver, uh, we had one in Hong Kong, and we had a number of us through here in um, in Toronto working together, and that was for uh, a Susu Lee project. Uh, that he recently opened, so you know, Chef Susuli, and that was kind of that was the realization of I thought, wow, this is now happening. It, you know, this idea that at one time was just purely a concept is now manifested into something that's real. Um, so that was that was a pretty exciting feeling that that time. Uh, you know, and then time to time, it, it's it can be more conventional in its um, in its structure, but I strive for this. You know, it's almost like what's happening with, you know, Amazon and, um, you know, now that is sort of coming to fruition where people are wrapping their heads around this concept that isn't dependent on a storefront. You know, it's more dependent on humans, you know, want and need to have things, variety of things and have them quickly um, and uh, at a reasonable cost. And uh, so I think it, it's similar in the thinking in that it's, it's not dependent on uh, a physical space. Although there's a caveat to that, um, without CSI, uh, this would we wouldn't have been able to do this, right? You know, right. because this community that it provided, I think, beyond the fact that it is a great location, um, it's the community that really uh, facilitated the growth of the company, um, at least of the name and of the concept. It allowed for it to be, whereas uh, without it, I, I think it would have been much more difficult to execute. Um, one of the things I noticed about your work was it, it, it is very whimsical in certain ways. Um, where does that come from? That's a good question. Uh, I would say it's a, it's a combination of Annie's sensibility and, and, and we, I think we're both kind of dreamers. We sort of try to imagine uh, another world or, or a different world uh, at all times. And, and because the world is changing and really it's only the uh, limitations of the human mind that changes it. I mean, it's not like, it's not gonna change on its own, right? So I think that uh, we like to imagine a future or imagine different futures or imagine what, what, is a, what does a brand look like in outside of like everyday context. Um, yes. And to try to separate it out from the noise because there's a lot of noise out there. Uh, there's so much stuff and, and, and you know, you don't, you have to really sort of filter through you know, what's, what's good, what, what stuff is, uh, is valid, what stuff is, is meaningful, you know. So we, uh, so we try to use that to cut through. Uh, and at the end of the day, I, th I almost, I, I think I said this to me, I find our, I would, I would uh, consider ourselves a, an or, uh, entertainment company versus an advertising company. More entertainment in that, why entertainment? Well, it's like, how do we grab the viewer's attention and tell them a story? Right, and really, that's sort of what entertainment is. It's you know telling stories amongst sharing stories amongst humans, and I think 
we're, we're both storytellers and we're trying to tell a story that's rich about something, someone, some place, a concept where people are going to engage and, and then be interested themselves. So. Well, I think storytelling is a, a very big part of advertising now as well as uh, just being on the web. I mean, your social media is set up for storytelling at this point. Absolutely, like uh, the, the stories, like the Instagram yes. stories, which yeah. are taking, you know, a lot of, it seems like people are going that direction versus just posting photos, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's great because I, I have some friends in Los Angeles that I, I hardly ever see, mm -hmm. but I feel that I keep in touch with them through their stories. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, no, it's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that's that's an important part, you know, store human story and, and you know, sort of think people who are, that are doing things extraordinary, like yourself, Michael, like what you're doing here, the fact that I, you and I had a conversation over a salad and... You know, and then we, you know, sat and had another one amongst another group of people, uh, and then we, you know, you invited me to do this, and and which which you're doing with this is the kind of people that we like to work with. It's people who are doing things that are, ex you know, extraordinary. They're not just like your run of the mill things, uh, and you're sort of building community and you're involving other people. And it's that's what to me. I think that's what it's all about. Um, so yeah. Well, I think a big part of. Uh doing this is about sharing with the community Absolutely, a and uh, certainly waking up uh, of what is available mm. to th for the community absolutely my experience at salad club has always been one of the most powerful things that I've experienced at CSI so absolutely, yeah. what is it about your work that attracts your clients uh, you know it's uh, I think uh, we get to the one of the things that we when we launch a company one of the core, core phrases that we used as kind of a manifesto was every big begins began small so every big began small uh, sort of it, it speaks to the the idea that it starts with that nucleus of an idea or it's an interaction or it's you know pe you know a personal relationship or whatever that case might be or whatever that kind of nucleus of the, of the of the thing is, we try to hammer down to that, and really get to the heart of. And you know, really, it is the heart of it. So, what's the heart of it? So, let's find the heart of it and let's amplify that. Um, and I think that that's what's the most visceral thing is it, with any you know any um, organization or concept or whatever film or whatever the case might be. It's that kind of core nucleus of a of a heart of a thing. That makes it great. So we 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 magnify in on that that sort of small nucleus of an idea, and we we amplify that. So it's about getting to the heart of, you know, the, it's about people and what drives people and what's what's in their heart and what do, what do they want for the future? What are the you know? So that was that's I think that's what people uh, gravitate to when they they look at or they've heard of or they experience uh, our projects. So where can people find you if they need to get in touch with you? You, uh, you can contact us through the web or through social media. The web is the best way. If you search Miniature Massive, um, you'll find us and you can go to our website. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you ask, Michael, because <laughs> I was redesigning the, uh, the, con the way to contact us. And, I, and I, it's, I didn't like the idea of a contact form. I, all of a sudden, I was like, well, I want to have a conversation with whomever's interested, you know, mm -hmm. and sort of, 
So I'm actually rethinking how, you know, what's the best way, what's that touch point, what's that first interaction all about? Because it's important. Uh, right. So a contact form is cold. So I actually, it's not there right now. But at the same time, you can email me or email us at info at miniaturemaster.com and you'll get to us. Um, if, or they can find you here at Salad Club or, uh, at the Annex. On? That's right. Every Wednesday, you, if you come into the to the Salad Club at CSI Annex, 720 Bathurst, likely you're going to find me eating salad. There you go. <laughs> so thanks thanks again for asking uh, for, for me to be on this, Michael. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, my pleasure. Bye-bye.